0: Talking Sandful with Bevo and Smurf. Yes, welcome to the show where we focus on all things Sandful and bringing you the latest news and biggest guests every week. I'm joined as always by Sandful Goal Umpire who's done 300 plus games and the golden voice, of <laughs> course himself, Mr. Steve Smurf Murphy. Golden voice, okay. Yes, hello Bev. Uh, got to say the weekend was interesting in that I
1: felt like the top three teams just kind of flexed their muscles by... Beating uh, quite convincingly in all three cases, the three teams below them, the next three down, and then of course there was an interesting result in the
0: uh, the battle between the bottom two teams but we'll get to all of that shortly. Yeah, looking forward to that, plus another great guest on the show today Murph and another skipper as well who's a very good midfielder, played state footy but unfortunately injured at the moment, hopefully he'll get back very soon, who's that one? That is of
1: course Matt Rose from the South Adelaide Football Club and I'll be keeping up the theme of asking stupid questions
0: about our guest's last name when we speak to him later, but on a more note that, Bevo. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm um, speaking to Rosie his thoughts on the toughest opponents in this handful, and um, one of them is actually a current teammate, who's one of the best midfielders, one of McGarry, of course uh, going around, so looking forward to hearing who that player is. Of
1: course, we'll also discuss the grand final, the big result of the Statewide Super Women's League over the weekend at Therberton Oval, but let's talk Statewide Super League in terms of the men's A wrap-up of Round 9, C's, Eagles, and North Adelaide equal top, first and second, both on 16 points, followed by the Panthers on 10, so to Glenelg, they're on 10 points, then Norwood, Sturt, West Adelaide and Central Districts, despite their first win of the season still bottom at this point.
0: Yeah, well, obviously, uh, it was the Dogs finally breaking that drought, Murph. It was 372 days, believe it or not, since their last win. And a former Dogs Premiership coach and current Hawthorne coach, Alistair Clarkson, well, let's just say he was pretty up and about when he heard the news. Let's have a listen to his press conference from the weekend. The old Central Bulldogs, I hope they uh, get themselves a win. I'm not sure. They they beat the Westies today. Uh, So they'll be happy with that. I think that was out there too, wasn't it? Yeah, so the... The U-Dogs will be pumping tonight, the voice, um, So that's, uh, I'm really, really pleased for them. <laughs> the U-Dogs certainly will be pumping, Bevo. Yes, I should uh, say a very big thank you to Steve Barrett from The Age, a big Doggies fan, who uh, very kindly gave us that audio. He was doing the press conference and asked that very
1: question, yeah, Smith. So. Well done, well done. And can I just say, again, West Adelaide, what a bizarre team they are. They are so hot and cold. When they're good, they're great, and they've troubled some of the top teams, but when they're bad, they're very bad, and they've just lost to the bottom team. I'm not sure what's going on down there, but they're a very up and down team, Bevo.
0: Yeah, it's the whole sample season, though. It's very up and down. True. I guess, um, you yeah, know, we have to put COVID in. So- I guess that's uh, part of the reason, in some way as well. It's been one of those bizarre seasons, and no, no port of Crows, maybe. You know, it does make the season even more different this year, Murph.
1: And that makes it exciting, doesn't it? Because you never know who's going to
0: win. That's right. So, yes, as we said, Central's having their first big win for the year 10 13
1: 73 to West Adelaide's eight goals 351. Justin Hoskin was best on ground by a long way with four goals, 29 disposals, and 13 marks as well. Fellow ball magnets Trav Schiller and also James Boyd had good days out, 28 possessions and 27 respectively. Jordan O'Brien also kicked two goals for the Doggies. For the Bloods, Tom Keogh kicked two goals and Elliot Duncan was their best with 32 possessions and Jordan Boyle continued his great year at his new club with
0: 27 touches. That's right Murph, uh, well done to the Doggies and uh, uh, interesting to see how they go against Sturt this week, can they win two in a row. Now the Roosters are proving to be a real contender this year and uh, what happened in the 2018 grand final replay against the Redlegs Murph? Uh,
1: well yes Bebo, you're right, Jacob Surgeon's having a great year in his first year as the head coach of the Roosters they were far too good for Nord winning by 52 points. Now I think most people would have picked North Adelaide to win but maybe not by that much, I wouldn't have thought. 15-13 to 8 goals, 3. 5 goal first quarter set up the win for the Roosters Roosters and they went into the long break up by six goals. The Roosters and the Eagles now setting up a big gap from the rest of the pack. Skipper Alex Spina was the clear best on ground with 10 rebound 50s, 32 possessions and 12 marks. Had a great day. Joint vice captains Andrew Moore and Tom Schwartz were good as well with 25 and 28 possessions respectively. And Campbell Coombe was excellent with 28 possessions, uh, possessions even, and 13 tackles. Kim Lebois and Lee Minavini with two goals each for the Roosters. Unfortunately, on the other side, side of the ledger. Bevo, not many positives for Norwood, although Cody Ellison showed a bit with two goals and two-time McGarry medalist Mitch Grigg was Norwood's best with 28 disposals, eight clearances and six tackles. Another former crow, Richie Douglas, is continuing his good year as well. 26 possessions, seven tackles and a goal. Well, it was billed as one of the games of the round, the match between South Adelaide and the Bays. Bevo,
0: what happened down there at Glenelg? Well, before we actually talk about the game, Smurf, yeah. there was some real controversy because the there was actually no coin for the traditional coin toss. So, believe it or not, Maxi Proud and Joel Cross had to decide who was kicking where with rock, paper, scissors. Can you believe it? <laughs> well, it's still <laughs> a 50-50 chance of winning, is it not?
1: So, does it really matter? Apparently, the, both the captains agreed. It happens occasionally. I've seen it happen before in my umpiring career, where, for whatever reason, there's, there's not a coin available. And in this case, to be fair, the... Uh, The umpire who was meant to have it had to go home with an emergency. Sometimes the trainer has the coin. Sometimes in the uh, lower grades, the goal umpire provides the coin when there is no trainer or emergency umpire. Uh, But there has been times when rock, paper, scissors has been done before I've seen. Uh, I've also seen the old uh, whistle in the hand trick. You have to guess which hand the, the whistle is in to get the right to choose which end you're kicking to. So it's happened before, Bebo, and it may just happen again. It's not really the end of the world, I wouldn't have thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mark Stone was not happy, though, because the Bays ended up having a four-goal disadvantage um, with, obviously, the win advantage that South Adelaide had. So, yeah, he was not happy. He actually said it was degrade amateur stuff, in his words. So A little yeah. harsh, I would have thought. A little yeah, harsh. it's a little harsh. But mm. anyway, uh, moving on to the game itself, and... It was South Adelaide who now took the third spot on the ladder from the Bays with a 41-point win at ACH Group Stadium, which, of course, is Glenelg Oval. The key was six goals to nothing in the third term, though, though, as the Panthers flex their muscles to go on and win 13 goals, 13-91, to eight goals, two fifty. Now, we spoke about Joel Cross before. Um, what a year he's having. He just keeps getting better and better with age, like a red wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> three goals, 25 disposals, seven tackles, and eight clearances, uh, now, he actually won the inaugural John Snee Bickler medal. Who's that? Well, he's actually a legend from South England, part sadly passed away this year. So, well done, Crossy. And um, it's great that such an, a legend of both clubs gets recognised, Murph. Um, Absolutely. And Sam Overall, who we'll speak about a bit later on, mm. I think he gets to mention uh, one of your favourites. Uh, we'll be mentioning him to uh, <laughs> Matt when we speak to him later, yes. Uh, he also kicked three goals for South. Liam Fitt and Bo McCreary kicked two goals each. Joe Haynes uh, had 22 disposals and seven marks. And former power player Matty Broadbent, he's having a really good year at South Adelaide, giving them a lot of run from the wing. He had 21 disposals. In terms of Glenelg, it was milestone man himself, Carl Nicholson, who in his 100th game finished with 26 disposals, eight tackles and seven clearances. And last year's McGarry medalist, I still find it hard to believe that an AFL club hasn't picked this guy up. Luke Partington had 26 disposals and nine tackles. Um, And Murph, what happened in the game between Sturt and the Eagles? Uh, well, not surprisingly, again, the Eagles won. But again,
1: I think most people would be surprised with uh, how easily they won. Of course, that now makes it seven in a row for the Eagles with their 37-point win over Sturt. 11 goals, 6 to 5 goals, 5. The Eagles led at every change and kept Sturt to only two goals in the first three quarters. You're not going to win too many games with two goals at three-quarter time. Everybody. Their rock-solid defence was awesome again. Jimmy Rowe kicking three goals to take his tally to 29 this year. Two ahead of Lee McBean now on the Ken Farmer medal race. Signer kicked two goals for the Eagles to go with his six marks and eight tackles. And now it's pronounced Cheetahs. We've checked apparently, even though it's spelled T-S-I-T-A-S. Cheetahs is how you say his name. He, along with McNeil, had good days out too, 23 possessions for the Eagles. The skipper for Sturt, James Battersby, was their best again with 28 disposals, 10 clearances as well, whilst Tom Harms had 23 disposals and 12 marks. And Harry Morrison kicked two goals for Sturt. All right, Bevo, before we talk to our special guest, uh, let's talk about the statewide Super Women's League grand final that happened on Sunday at and Oval, what happened when the Roosters took on the Panthers.
0: Well, Murph, it was the undefeated Roosters who won this year's premiership with a seven-point victory in a classic low-scoring affair. It was North, five goals, five thirty-five to South, four goals, four twenty-eight, And North, fair to say, after the season they've had, uh, and they've also lost two grand finals in a prelim, it was probably uh, well overdue that they won this one, and South were going for three in a row, of course, so unlucky for them. But it was actually the star of the show was an AFL-W star, actually an All-Australian this year as well, Ann Hatchard, who proved to be the difference, and thoroughly deserves her best-on-ground medal. How's this for a game, Smurf, in a grand final? 35 disposals, 7 oh. marks, 7 tackles, and 9 clearances. And bearing in mind their games were a bit shorter too, so that makes that telly even more impressive. But we shouldn't be surprised because we know she's a superstar. Exactly right. And um, I heard as well from a little birdie that she's pretty unlucky not to win the best-on-ground medal in the whole like the McGarry medal equivalent in the sample this year because um, in one particular game, she had 45 possessions and didn't even get a vote smurf. And I heard an actual rumor that it was because she was wearing a long sleeve Guernsey and another teammate of hers was also wearing a long sleeve Guernsey. And actually funny story actually happened to me once, before I was playing footy with my brother up in the Adelaide Hills at Birdwood, I had an absolute shocker and got three votes from the umpire. He had a blinder. <laughs> so it does actually happen. Well, I'm going to back the umpires in, Bevo, because we never get it wrong. You know that, don't you? What I do know, on a
1: serious note, is uh, they do spend a lot of time uh, thinking about who they're going to give their votes to. They sort of tuck themselves away in the corner. You can't hear a word they're saying for obvious reasons. But they seem to be there for a long time. So... Um We'll probably never know for sure what happened there, but I'm going to back the umpires in. I'm sure they got it right.
0: Ends a bit, <laughs> bit stiff, though, you'd have to say. 45 possessions is pretty good effort. Very good effort, <laughs> but no comment from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's speak to this week's special guest. To
0: raise a man, the flag to
1: glory, we are the famous Blue and White.
0: That's right, Murph, that is the sound of a South Adelaide Panthers song, also the Navy Blues of Carlton, a man who loves the Navy Blues and was doing great things at the Panthers until he got injured. Maddie Rose, the skipper of South, great to have you on the show, mate. How are you going? Good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Maddie, first of all, can I ask you about your last name? With a last name like Rose,
1: surely you must be in a bit of a hit with the ladies. Am I right? <laughs> well, shows like The Bachelor did
2: make it sort of handy to have that last name. <laughs> but... Um, Yeah, I suppose it's good. It's a bit of a girly name when you're growing up, so kids can get stuck into you, but I suppose it's it's better than having a boring name.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I mentioned before, the Carlton Blues are flying at the moment, mate. Um, So you'd be pretty happy having the same song. Is that one of the reasons why you moved across the South Adelaide?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll say it was, so that way it was easy to know the words. But... (laughs) You didn't hear it. We didn't hear it too much from the Colton boys for a few years, so it's good to finally <laughs> you know, have them singing it at least a little bit that's so they're good. going all right. That's a good point.
1: Uh, do you still live around Port Adelaide Way? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm in Woodville.
1: So, now, my mass is not great, but that'd have to be, what, 45-minute drive to training every night or give or take?
2: Uh, well, I work in Glenelg.
1: so okay. it's
2: a bit closer. Sort of half on the way, I guess, and I normally get home in about 35 minutes because there's a bit less traffic after training, so it's not yeah, too right. bad. I mean, it's... It, I guess if in terms of Adelaide, it is a fair way, but I think some people who live in Victoria and New South Wales are travelling a lot further than that just to get to work every
0: day. And yeah, good point. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. There must be some uh, advantages and, and some disadvantages, I suppose, when it comes to the whole co-captain things. What what is your thoughts on it, Matty? Uh, yeah, I, well, Crossy and myself have a really good relationship, yeah. so it's, it's nice just to bounce
2: ideas off each other. Um, I suppose you don't have to always be feeling like the whole load's on your shoulders so I think we really work well together in terms of just I I suppose dealing with issues if there are any and then but also leading we can look to each other we don't have to rely on one of us having a great game the other one can step up and also just yeah if we need to have a general discussion and it's our whole leadership group really I mean even those teams only have one captain I'm sure they'd say that um, it's, it's more of a group collective and you really want your whole team as leaders but Um, I definitely enjoy having Joel, and we get along really well, which makes it an easy job to do.
1: Yeah, it would. And what about just the little things like who tosses the coin or who does rock, paper, scissors, it turns out last weekend, uh, or or who holds up the trophy, if you win, or who makes the speeches, just little things like that. How do you work that out? Yeah, so we
2: pretty well swapped. Well, I, only, I only played round one this year, so True. there hasn't been so much of an issue this year. I guess yeah. I've tried to be the off-field leader and he's the on-field leader, so that's that's worked alright. But um, last year we'd swap each week, so one would do the toss and the other one would do the, the chat before the game. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, it just worked pretty well.
0: Yeah, right. And we spoke last week to Luke Harbs from uh, from Central Districts and uh, we, we were his good luck charm because Central's had a win, so hopefully it'll be the same with you again this week, mate. Um, How do you guys a prime teacher and you know, do the the students give you a bit of a hard time down there, Maddie, or are they pretty good to you?
2: Uh, they're pretty good. Um, I'm at Glenel Primary, so right next to the footy club. So they're um, it's good on the weekend after we gave them a bit of a touch up, and you see some of the kids at the game. It's worse if it's the other way around. They make sure they give it back. But no, nah, it's it's definitely good to have a bit of a relationship and some banter with the kids and, and the families as well. I suppose outside of the the schooling as well.
1: The season so far, you'd be pretty happy, I would have thought. Where are we going wrong and what can we do better? But uh, overall, a pretty good season, I would have thought, so far for 2020.
2: Yeah, a lot of positives. Um, we've had a few injuries, which I'm sure a, a few clubs have, but we probably had, I'm not sure, an exact number of debutants, but we've got a lot of young kids who have played, some that have played every game, others who have played a few and have showed a lot. And um, We're 5-4, and four, but the games we lost, I mean, I think our biggest margin was about 20 points, and even in that game, we really lose some chances and scoring opportunities so in every game we've we've been right in it it's just um probably some of our own errors or some of our own finishing off that's hurt us so some really promising signs we know that if we can put it all together like we did on the weekend which was a pretty complete performance we can be really good um but then if we give other teams a chance and miss our opportunities um we can be a bit back with the pack so some really encouraging signs it's been good to watch even though i'd rather be out there but um yeah, really happy with how it's all going and the development of a, a lot of the
0: players. And how is your injury recovery coming along, mate? Of course, for the for the listeners out there, uh, you ruptured your bicep and dislocated your shoulder. Pretty nasty injury. What actually happened, mate?
2: Yes, yeah, so I don't exact, exactly know how I actually did the bicep. It was in the internal trial that I um, did the bicep and noticed it during the week that I could pretty much move my tendon around and could see there was a big hole in my bicep, but it wasn't that painful. It was a little bit sore and then Played round one and then dislocated my shoulder. And that's when I realized it was a bit more of an issue. So I had to get the bicep reattached. um, So the tendon pulled back down. And so that happened after round one. And it's slowly getting there. Probably not as fast as I'd like, but still hopeful I can get back. So just getting stuck into my rehab. And and I'm back running and stuff now. So it's nice to be out on the track, at least with the boys, and and feel like you're a part of it. And I'm still just doing as much as I can, I guess, as as an off-field leader. um, As much as I'd love to be out there, just doing what I can.
1: Obviously, every home ground is an advantage to the home team, Matt, but would you agree that Norlunga probably has the best advantage of all for its home team, you guys, in that it's, so, it's windy at times, it's just so unique in many ways, and obviously training there during the week has got to help you on the weekend.
2: Yeah, since I got here, especially the last few years, we have tried to treat it as, I guess, a bit of like a fortress and make it hard for teams to come come down here, and I think every year we've had a pretty good success. Race. I think there was one year where we didn't lose any games down here and, mm. and won 10 of them, so... Um, definitely, I suppose for, for a lot of the clubs, it is probably the furthest trip they they do. So it's nice to make them feel like they're going a bit out of their way and not look forward to coming out here. And, and for us, yeah, I suppose those windy days. Um, we do have some windy nights. I guess that that little bit of practice does help on game day.
0: And Maddie, uh, being one of the, the prime midfielders in the competition, you've played state footy as well, which is wonderful. Um, talk to us through your toughest opponents. Uh, you know who who you really find hard uh, matching up against in the sand, for whether it be past or present players uh
2: yeah so i'm not the fittest of blokes so anyone that can run a lot so he's zane kirkwood and that, and he was an ex-teammate as well but he'll just work you over all day long and then um steven summer who was another ex-teammate he was just really smart so if you gave him a few seconds he'd be away from you and getting getting his hands on the ball so players like that but there's a lot of quality players in the sanfl i mean even crossy and, and lids before i came over here um were really tough to play on and i mean i could name a lot of them but yeah, those ones who are really smart but also really fit are the ones you need to stay on all day.
1: Mate, we're about to get you to uh dish the dirt, as we call it, on uh, some of your teammates. Before we do that, I have to ask about Sam overall. He fascinates me. He's a shy guy, not. Um, Loves to chat with the crowd too, doesn't he, old Sam? Yeah,
2: I suppose he's your, your typical sort of country, yes. American-type fellow. He's good. He's, he can give it a bit, but he can also cop it. so um, he can talk the talk, but he usually walks the walk, and he's one of those guys that you love having in the team because he won't take a backward step. Right. Um, but yeah, he's he's a bit of fun.
0: All right, it's time to dish the dirt on some of your teammates and also also your coach as well, Jared Wright, Maddie, and we're starting with the funniest teammate at the club and why.
2: Uh, Alex Collado is very funny. Just with his, he, he can pretty well impersonate anyone. Um, <laughs> so if you, if you get a couple of beers into him, he's very good, Maddie.
1: Right, we might get him on another time. I think it uh, sounds good. Uh, three words to describe Buffer, your coach, Jared Wright:
2: um, committed, aging, <laughs>
1: and
0: you'll love um,
2: that. Uh, what would be the third one? I, I think quit while you're behind, man. <laughs> well, my opinion. Uh, uh, he's very, we'll say, approachable. He's very approachable, and and i suppose can communicate with the the players because you're similar to our age group so the relationships are very strong fair
0: enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> now i've heard in the past that you don't mind um you know your bicep curls before a photo shoot maddie and don't mind getting the guns out which mm. is certainly something i don't mind doing as well so good on you for that and the push-ups um, yeah the push-ups. that's right yeah. Uh, <laughs> who's the bloke at the club that loves the mirror the most other than yourself
2: <laughs> um well anthony beemans is a pretty solid looking fellow he's often in the gym um but, yeah, Malcolm Carpenter is another one you see in there a fair bit. But I can't do much of him at the moment, so <laughs> this arm's rotting away, so there's not too many bicep kills happening at the minute.
1: <laughs> what about the uh, the teammate who's most likely to watch a bit of uh, reality TV?
0: <laughs> uh,
2: that would have to be one of the young boys, probably like a Hayden Sampson or Amon Wilkinson. He, he'd love those sort of Bachelor-type shows, I reckon. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and finally, the biggest nerd at the club, Matty? Crossy's a bit of a nerd. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. But before you go,
1: can we just quickly get your thoughts on the games this weekend? Uh, West Adelaide host Sturt this Friday night at High Sense. Of course, they'll be all uh, fired up after their loss last weekend to Centrals. Yeah,
2: I, I think Sturt would probably be too good, but Westies, especially on a night game, are tough to beat. So, wouldn't be surprised if they got up.
0: Yeah, they pushed North the other week. They only obviously lost that one very narrowly. And uh, Norwood hosting the ladder leading Eagles, who have won seven in a row, absolutely flying on Friday night at Cooper Stadium. Obviously, Norwood have shown a bit this year, but how do you think this one's going to go, Maddie?
2: Yeah, so Eagles are flying since we played them in round one. But Norwood, again, I think that's their first night or probably the second night game they've had, and they'll be looking for a response. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I'll tip Eagles in their form.
1: Big game on Sunday at Prospect Oval. The Roosters take on Glenelg.
2: Yeah, that's another tough one. Oh, hmm. uh, because it's that prospect, I'll go with North, but I reckon Glenelg will respond again as well.
0: And finally, uh, you guys hosting Centrals. Uh, Murph just spoke before about how hard it is to win no longer, but Centrals be up and about after their first win of the year and their first win in a very long time, over a year now. Um, how are you going to knock off the dogs?
2: Yeah, once a team gets momentum, and they'll definitely feel, be feeling confident after that, that first win. So I, I think we can just get them a bit with some of our speed, hopefully. Um, that's why we do love playing at south, because the bigger deck, I mean, Centrals is very big as well, but we like to get teams on the outside a bit. So... Um I think if we can just, they're a young team, so if we can just, I suppose, be a bit stronger around the, in the 50-50 contest, we should give it a good chance. But we don't want to give them a sniff because we know once they get their tails up, they can be a very um, competitive team as well.
1: Matt, pleasure talking to you, mate. All the best with that injury and uh, all the best to the Panthers. it has been a, a long drought down there at Norlunga. Let's hope uh, things change for the better by the end of this year.
2: Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys.